and peace be with you. We uh, tonight have, if you open up uh, to page two, we have a back and forth response from pastor and then the congregation. So we'll go through that, and then I will impart the ashes after we say amen. And then you'll notice that it is a short service tonight, but I made up for it because the sermon is really long. And I digress, but no, I tease you. I um, practiced it this morning, and it was only 10 minutes long. It tends to get a little bit longer once I get up there. I don't know why, but wait, you know, we'll be back and ready for time for the Hallmark channel. (laughs) Yay, there was much rejoicing. (laughs) Okay, so if you would stand, if you're able, that'd be great. Oh, well, you know what? Well, let's, uh, this is a little different than this morning because we didn't have music. So why don't you sit down? This is power. Yeah, there you go. This is like, now we're like Roman Catholics. (laughs) Up and down, up and down. Our opening hymn tonight is Come, Let Us Return to the Lord. Return to the Lord, let our hearts yearn for the Lord, only His love will save us. For though our lives are broken, He will mend and restore our hope again. Let us return to the Lord. Let us return to the Lord. By His grace alone we have been saved, rescued from Oh 
Please stand. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Enter not into judgment with your servant. In the morning, let me hear of your steadfast love. O God, you desire not the death of sinners, but rather that they turn from their wickedness and live. We thank you for having compassion on us through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. If you would come forward for the impartation of the ashes. Almighty and everlasting God, you despise nothing that you have made and forgive the sins of all who are penitent. Create in us new and contrite hearts that lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, we may receive from you full pardon and forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
Good evening. I brought the Bible up because <clears throat> I didn't come prepared. Normally I take a little more time to look at the words I'm going to read. I didn't have time. But it's interesting because in this reading, it talks about time and how we don't have much time. Let's you start out by saying that the book of Joel in the Old Testament talks about Joel who saw a sign for the final judgment and he warned the people to turn to God in repentance. He announced, Joel announced, that the day of the Lord was coming and Joel, excuse me, was coming and would bring even greater judgment. So now we pick that up in the reading that I'm going to do. The first reading is uh, in the Pew Bible on page 1415. We're going to be looking at chapter 2. And I'll be reading the verses in chapter 2, starting with 12 through 19. So let's learn a little bit more about what's in store. 12. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in love. And he relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing. Green offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the people. Consecrate the assembly. Bring together the elders. Gather the children. Gather the children. Those nursing at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Let the priest who minister before the Lord weep between the portico and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn by word among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? And the Lord was jealous for his land. He took pity on his people. The Lord replied to them, I'm sending you grain, new wine, and olive oil, enough to satisfy you fully. Never again will I make you an object to scorn to the nations. Next, we have a participating area in Psalms, as we always do. And uh, I'll be reading uh, Psalm 51, verse 1 through 19. So we want to do that responsibly. Uh, you have the bold writing, and I have the faint writing. Psalm 51, verse 1 through 19 says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. 
according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always for me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me, yet you faithfulness even in the womb and taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let your joy and gladness, let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that the sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. You are God, my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. Let's see, I think I'm missing a page. Nope, I found it. Verse 17. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. Please you to prosper Zion and build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in the sacrifices of the righteous in burnt offerings offered whole. Then the bulls will be offered on your altar. The epistle that I'm going to read next is from second book of Corinthians. Uh, that will be at chapter 5. I'll start at uh, verse 20 and read chapter 6 to through uh, 10. I've got to put that together because I'm not seeing that. Excuse me a second. I think I scrambled my pages. Or I will have to go to the Bible and read it. Um, I'm going to turn to uh, 1799, take it from here. Sorry, I'm missing a page. I must have left it. I'm old. So let's look at 1799. 1799. All right. So I said I would start at verse, chapter 5 and verse 20. So we'll start there. 20 starts out saying, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God 
we're making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Chapter 6. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, In the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Now we talk about Paul's hardships. We put no stumbling block in anyone's past so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, distresses, beatings, imprisonments, riots, in hard work, sleepless nights and hunger, impurity, understanding, patience, and kindness in the Holy Spirit and in sincere love. In truth, full speech, and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine, yet regarded as impostors, known, yet regarded as unknown, dying, and yet we live on, beaten, and yet not killed, sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, poor, yet making many rich and having nothing, and yet possessing everything. And that is the end of the reading. So here ends the reading. Make sure I don't take yours. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the sixth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading is taken from the book of St. Matthew, chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, and then 16 through 21, and it can be found on page 1503 in the Pew Bible. Matthew 6, 1 through 6, and then 16 through 21. Be careful not to Practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from heaven or from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets in order to be honored by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that 
your giving may be in secret. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street, corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room and close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. For they disfigure their faces and to show others that they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their full reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. We notice a couple of things in our gospel lesson for Ash Wednesday. First of all, we notice that the Lord says, when you fast, not if you fast, but when you fast. And this reminds us that we people of God's church have a tendency to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like, with so many things in so many Christian churches, out of an overreaction against the abuses that have been perpetrated in Christ's churches throughout the ages, that is making them into works of men and to be boasted of. So, again, we have thrown out fasting to a large degree. And along with fasting that we've thrown out, we have thrown out liturgy in many places. And with private confession and absolution, we've thrown that out. Private confession and absolution is a wonderful opportunity to confess sins to a pastor as to Christ himself. Those are the sins that you may think that 
maybe, just maybe, nobody else has ever done this in their lives except for me. And you might ask, how could God forgive even that? That sin, that sin is the one to bring before the pastor to hear and to know, yes, even that sin is forgiven. Now, throwing these good things that Christ has given us and even commanded us to do, like fasting, if we don't do them, well, that's what I mean by throwing the baby out with the bath water. In our gospel lesson today, we see that um, Jesus speaks of things like doing good works. That is, practicing our righteousness. Now certainly, it's not that we ought not, double negative, it's not that we ought not be righteous and do good works. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is it's just that we do not boast of those things to other people. And it's that we do not think of them as something that earns us anything before God in heaven. Now, giving to the needy, of course, is something that we do. Giving alms to the poor, supporting those who are doing without. That is one of the good works that is given to us to do, as outlined in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. And we do it with joy, but without boasting of those things. We're not pointing to them as reasons for us to be saved, but just things that Christ's people, that baptized children, those are the things that we do because he has been so gracious to his children, to you and to me. In short, it's not about what we do for God. It really is about what he did, about what he does, and about what he continue, continues to do for us. Another thing that gets thrown out, praying. Of course we do pray. And of course we pray even together as the church. And shortly after this passage that we read tonight, we would read Jesus institutes, he hands over, he speaks the Lord's prayer to his disciples. And the very first words tell us that we pray them as a church and we pray them together. We say, our Father who art in heaven, our Father. That's what we pray together. But we don't pray it in order to be seen by people so that they will see how pious we are. We pray together as one as Christ's holy bride coming before him, beseeching him of his mercies. And we're asking 
for our daily bread in this world and in the next world. We're asking for food for our flesh and that forgiveness. We're asking for that forgiveness of sin that is for our soul. For baptized children of God, these just are things that we do. We just, we do them. It almost becomes automatic, right? And whether we know it or not, as Christ has said to those sheep that he says that are on his right hand on the last day, he says, when you did, or they ask him rather, when did we do those things? When did we do those things? They asked Jesus. But these are the things that we do. And fasting is one of those things. Now again, about fasting, it doesn't necessarily mean that you go without any kind of food. It may not even be food that you fast from at all. But this fasting, bear with me, this fasting of which our Lord speaks, that the Christian does, is a fasting of repentance. It is a fasting of relying on nothing of this world and seeking nothing but his kingdom first, his word first, knowing that all these other things will be added to us, as in Matthew chapter 6, verse Verses, verse 33, where it says, Seek ye the kingdom of God first, and then all these things will be added unto you. I'm going to read a little bit from Luther, since we are Lutherans, and this is from the Augsburg Confession, and this is uh, contained within the Book of Concord. It's the Augsburg Confession, Article 24, Section 37 through 47. You're probably thinking, oh boy. But we're Lutheran, and this is what Luther says. And he lays out a framework that is important, and he speaks truth. And it's not easy to hear, but it is the truth, because it is based solely on Scripture. Listen to him now. Luther writes in section 37, fasting, prayer, and other such things may indeed be outward preparations and discipline for children, so that the body may keep and bring itself modestly and reverently to receive Christ's body and blood. Yet, the body cannot seize and make its own what is given in and within the sacrament. Now this is done by the faith in the heart which discerns this treasure and desires it. Now, since we now have the true understanding and doctrine of the sacrament, there is also need for some admonition and encouragement. For we see that people seem weary, even lazy, about receiving the sacrament. In fact, a great multitude hears the gospel, yet they go one, two, 
three years or even longer without the sacrament. They act as though they were such strong Christians that they have no need of it. Now, some allow themselves to be hindered and held up by the excuse that we have taught that no one should approach the sacrament except those who feel hunger and thirst, which actually drives them to do it. And others pretend that it is a matter, a matter of liberty, that is to say, freedom to do as they please, but not necessary. They believe that the sacrament is a nice thing, but not necessary. They pretend that it is enough to believe without it. And for the most part, they go so far astray that they become quite brutish and finally despise both the sacrament and God's word. Now, God's word. Jesus said this. Do this often. Do this often in remembrance of me. And that is to bring it to your mind frequently what he has done for us. Bear with me. Luther continues. He says this. Now it is true, as we have said, that no one should by any means be forced or compelled to go to the sacrament lest we institute a new murdering of souls. Nevertheless, it must be known that people who deprive themselves of and withdraw from the sacrament for such a long time are not to be considered Christians. For Christ has not instituted it to be treated as a show or to be taken or left as one pleases. Instead, he has commanded his Christians to eat and to drink and to remember him often. Indeed, Luther continues, those who are true Christians and value the sacrament as precious and holy will drive and move themselves to go to it. For we know and feel how the devil always opposes this and every Christian exercise. He drives and deters people from them as much as he can. And as a side note to that, the sacrament is always available in Christ's church, in this church. In our confessions, we say that the pastors stand ready and willing and able to give the sacrament to any who come and request it. And that is whenever they feel that they are in need of it. And so, 
Luther's done here. Now it's me. And so we are back to this fasting of repentance. That is, for those who come to the table, they come empty, requesting the bread of life that fills the soul and the, and the body and the blood of Christ to keep them strong in body and soul, which is keeping them in Christ and Christ in them until eternal life. Now back to earlier this evening, the imposition of ashes as we practice it is a part of the fast, of repentance in our worship life. We do not do it to go out and show how Christian or how pious we are. In fact, before you leave this evening, you may want to wash it off. But if you do go out, you go out as a witness to Christ who took your sin upon himself, who took the sins of even the whole world upon him. You are witnessing that with that little smudge. And so, though you may be reticent to speak of your faith if somebody asks you what that cross is, you can tell them that well, you can tell them and, and not speak of your own piety and righteousness, but you can tell them about your gracious Savior, Jesus the Christ. And so this fasting, including this imposition of ashes, is not a work of righteousness to be witnessed by men, but it is a penitential reverence. It's the right thing to do. It is as a command of the Word of God. It is something that we are needful of. And so we do. We come forward and we receive the very bread of life. We receive the very bread of life tonight for the forgiveness of sins. And true fasting is really just a matter of preparing and presenting ourselves to the Lord as you're about to come up. We present ourselves to the Lord ready to receive his body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. We are ready to receive knowing that we ourselves had no part in it. Just like a little baby that we give a bottle to. That baby receives. And that's what we get from what he perfectly did on that cross the forgiveness of our sins, the end of death and rescue from the devil. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Let us pray. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, you desire not the death of a sinner, but rather that we would turn from our evil ways and live. Turn us again, O God, of our salvation, and let your anger cease from us. Spare us from every evil to body and soul. Look graciously on your church and preserve the gospel among us. Renew us in this penitential season to strive against the desires of the flesh, to grow in the joy of your salvation, and to look in love and service toward our neighbors, especially those of the household of faith. Look graciously on the families of our congregation. Defend your holy estate of marriage against every enemy that would divide. Strengthen parents for their duties, especially bringing up their children in the fear and instruction of the Lord. And preserve us all faithful to the end. Look graciously on our nation and its leaders, on all servants and those who protect us and work for the common good. Drive away all disease and fear from us. Grant peace, we pray, O Lord. Behold in mercy all who are sick, who suffer, and who rejoice. And be with all expectant mothers, all whose labor is dangerous, the unemployed, those near death, and those who mourn. Give comfort to us who are dust and must return to dust, that a broken and contrite heart you will not despise. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you have sent your Son, your only begotten Son, into our flesh to offer himself as atoning sacrifice for the sins of the world. And trusting in his mercy, bring us in repentance and faith to your altar to eat his body and to drink his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Graciously receive our prayers. Deliver and preserve us for you alone. We give all glory, honor, and worship. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on the tree of the cross gave salvation to all, that where death began, their life might be restored, and that he who by a tree once overcame might by a tree be overcome. And so, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, 
We praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples and saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious, triumphant coming again. Let's pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The table is prepared. However, I'm going to need help. <laughs> and if I could, oh, there we go. Thank you, guys. And uh, I pray that after that sermon that uh, it has maybe some meaning that you didn't think about before. This isn't just a nice symbol. This is the body and the blood. And this is something we should do often. And this is something that does rescue from death and rescue from sin and deliver you from the clutches of the devil. And it is available to you anytime that you want it. I'm here. So come. The table is prepared. Are the thrivers women with metastatic breast cancer?
Standing in the struggle, hustling through the hurt, asking for science, not sorry. told you it was a long sermon. <laughs> but it's an important reminder. And that is humility. And it was just uh, to point us what Luther was and what Jesus was pointing us to, is to remember who we are compared to God. To remember 
why he did what he did for us. We've been blessed in order to be a blessing to others. But that blessing gets icky if we start pointing to ourselves and the things that we do. And that's what he means by you've gotten your reward right there. Hey, look at me. Oh, yeah, that's really nice. Boy, are you pious. But that doesn't last. It's not in our nature to do it that way. It's really in our nature to have a plaque on the wall or or recognition. And God knows that, and he's made provision for that. He loves us anyway. We are saved anyway. But he puts the word in our hand, and he puts a guy up in that pulpit to remind us of those things, of what is it ought to be. And finally, it is all taken care of by Christ and him crucified. We just receive. So lighten up. He loves you. It is going to be okay. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And our closing hymn is Even Unto Death. Jesus, the very thought of you, it fills my heart with love. Jesus, you burn like wildfire, and I am overcome. Lover of my soul, even unto death. My every breath, I 
Jesus, love it. 